If you work for the Catholic Church and want to avoid burnout, overcome team dysfunctions, and put more souls in the pews, we're here to help. I'm Tai Hua, here with my co-host, John Kahns, and we're providing leadership development for Catholic ministry professionals. Over these past few weeks, we've been covering topics in that second pillar of the Catholic ministry professionals framework. framework. We've talked about optimizing your office space, time, teams, and meetings. Today, we're answering the question, what do we do if it's not in the budget? It's time to build a better budget. I got shivers reading that part. Why is that? Because it is terrifying to talk about because nobody wants to talk about it. Well, it's not about the numbers anyways, is it? Well, <laughs> there's that. Yeah, we could, well, we'll talk about it a little bit today. It, it This can be a... um sensitive topic for people uh, specifically because yeah it isn't all about the numbers but there are some very real reasons for um, taking them seriously and, and and deeply considering how our budgets reflect what it is that we do and what we emphasize what we value as as a parish team but as a parish community before we do that though let's do a little listener feedback how's that sound ty Sounds great, and it better not have anything to do with my accent. <laughs> oh, nope, <laughs> not today. <laughs> uh, Brianna says that she is listening to the episode two as we speak. She's really enjoying it, and she says, thanks for sharing your gifts. Smiley face emoji, and she's sharing it with her ministry friends. So, Brianna, thank you for listening. Thank you especially also for sharing these episodes with your ministry friends that is the best way for us to get the word out and to get some feedback ourselves so that we can build a better program for you. You know, as I, Ty, as I've been looking, I looked on the backside into our, uh, our analytics. Can you guess what our most played episode is? The hot dish episode. <laughs> Every, everybody loves a good hot dish, man. It feeds the soul. <laughs> no, Which our, one? Our, our episode on culture is our most played episode. And uh, and I'm thinking what that means to me is it's a it's a topic that our listeners really care about. It's one that they can even scroll through the episodes. You know, this is episode 10, so they don't have to scroll too far yet, but they scroll through and they go, that's one I want to learn about. I want to learn how to transform the culture of my parish. Fortunately, dear listener, dear Catholic ministry professionals, that's really what all of these episodes are for is to help you transform your parish, make disciples for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And what I'd really like to do as we kind of delve into like the next iteration of the podcast as it continues to evolve forward with our episodes, I'd like to do an episode on parish transitions, whether you're transitioning from one pastor to the next or what's going on in a lot of dioceses. This is going on in my former diocese, the Sioux Falls Diocese, where they're restructuring how all of their parishes are in relationship to each other. So they're, they're realizing a lot of our priests are retiring. They've restructured from, I believe it was like 60 or 65 pastors in the main parishes. Now there are 25 pastors that are the head pastors of 25 groupings of parishes. Mm-hmm. And then under them, they, they have uh, parochial vicars, priests that are assigned underneath them to help manage, to help run those parishes and, and feed the faithful. So I, I think that would be a, a very timely topic. I believe that it could be fruitful for people listening. Just how do you manage these transitions? How do you lead your parishioners through this change? 
because I, I've heard it even in, in this diocese that I'm in now, the Sioux Falls diocese, they've got parishes that are grouping up and you hear people say, well, if they're going to close my parish, I'm just not going to go. Okay, well, when that is the response people have, there's a real serious issue. Because to me, that means that these people are, they're not necessarily worshiping Jesus. They might be worshiping a building. And we need to speak yep. into that space. We need to, as Catholic ministry professionals, to lead, to step into that space, to feed people, to call them into relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, I've just finished up the last season of The Chosen. Ooh. And I don't know if you've watched it. Not the last, the last one. The last episode is very powerful because it encapsulates Simon's lack of faith. I mean, it literally ends with him walking out to Jesus on the water and he falls in the water because he took his eyes off Jesus. And Jesus pulls him out and says, Oh, you of little faith. But it also starts out very beautifully in the beginning of the episode. It was the King David's musician who was, you know, singing this psalm of David, uh, written by Asaph, is who it is. And it's just, they did a beautiful job of it. But in the psalm that he talks, he talks about all of his suffering and his grieving, but yet he still will recount all of the blessings. And I forget which, which psalm it was, but it, it really said, to me and, and spoke to my heart, like, yeah, you might be going through something right now, but don't forget about all the wonderful, miraculous things that I have done for you up until now. Hmm. Oh, you of little faith, right? And when you mention those people that are, are saying, well, if you're going to take my pastor away, if you're going to take my parish away, then I'm not going to go to church. Well, you're not trusting the Holy Spirit that's guiding the Holy Mother Church, which also includes your parish, your priest, your deacons, and also your bishop. Oh, you of little faith is what I would say to those people. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to mm -hmm. get off my soapbox now, <laughs> and we can continue with the program. I'm, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to get after that episode, because there might be some fire coming through. That's great. Oh, it is so good. But fun fact... If you're watching on Amazon Prime, they only have the first two seasons. You got to go download Angel Studios app on your phone. Mm. The entire season's on there. The third season is on there, and you can watch it for free. So nice. Look at that. I'm Just on it. feeding your soul. Oh, I, I do enjoy it. Yeah, they, they do take some artistic liberties, but it is overall, it's been, it's been powerful to watch because it, it gives you... I don't know, it just fleshes out some of the things around the gospel that we're, we're praying with imaginatively anyway. It's just it's very clear that this is the fruit of the prayer of the people who are writing this show, that they, they really have been led to this place spiritually through prayer. And I believe that's why it's feeding so many souls, so many people as they're, as they're watching it, seeking to engage the gospel in a new way. So, yeah, no, that's really good. Hey, let's, uh, let's, let's do a little story time. Hey, my favorite. <laughs> All right. On the topic of budgets, the one that came to my mind was a parish that I, that I started to work at. And one of the, the items that they, they had really been intentional about budgeting for that fit into their formation program was they had about a $20,000 budget, budget item that they used specifically to bring in speakers for uh, group nights which is awesome. Now, and, and I don't want to sell that short. It was really awesome that they were doing that. 
But as I was coming in, right, what I was coming in, when I saw that, I thought, well, that's not my plan is to bring in a bunch of speakers because but I, I personally, I've been a speaker and I, I know that the value that I bring is only as good as the infrastructure that's there. And so if our goal is to make disciples, even if you bring in the best speaker in the world, if there's no one to help those people to grow in their faith or no current infrastructure there to help develop them, um, if, if the speaker's not going to continue to show up and deeply invest in the participants, a lot of times this can, this can create a lot of buzz. It can be exciting, but then people get all fired up and the parish isn't ready to help them with their enthusiasm. So then 10 years later, you know, the normal morning coffee crew still talks about that time that Matthew Kelly came to speak and, oh, wasn't he wonderful? And we need to do that again. We need more of that. And yet, in the same breath, we're still talking about how our youth, they're still leaving to go to the Young Life meetings because... There, the adults are intentionally meeting with them, the youth, where they are, and they're helping them to encounter Jesus in the scripture. So I, I saw this large budget item, and I and simply asked, would it be okay if I reworked that budget to use this money in a different way? And they said, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and so I ended up then being able to really think about, all right, what are my skills? What, what are the sets? What do I believe God is calling me to do in this parish? Okay. Crucial conversation, can I rework the budget, and then being able to put into piece into place those pieces that I needed. And what I was able to do then was refresh a lot of um, refresh a lot of the budget. I was able to have a line item specifically to take people out for coffee or donuts or whatever, to take people out and engage them in the ministry. I was able to use this money then to use a new communication platform, which w- was necessary for us to engage our youth who are you know, lo and behold, used to communicating via technology, able to build a new website. I was able to pay for all that, put new furniture in the office so that I could have a space to meet with people and on and on and on because I was able, because I was willing to ask that question. And so that's, that's kind of how we want to set this up, right? Anything is possible in your parish setting. If you're not afraid to ask the questions that are prompted by the Holy Spirit so that you can further the kingdom of God in the way that God is calling you to. And that's how we want to dive into this episode today, especially as we look at budgets, because, again, that can be a tough conversation for people. That can be a tough, um, this can be a tough area. So, uh, as we dive in, we're still in, this is actually the last episode where we're in our second pillar of the Catholic Ministry Professionals Framework. Again, those pillars are have better conversations, doing better work, and then becoming a better leader. So, next week... We'll be diving into how you yourself can become a better leader, which you're already doing by following these other pieces that we've laid out before you. And I think I think you could become a better leader if you actually share these episodes with people. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) That's right. Just pull up a text message, a little texty text, and just send it over to them. You're leading already. You're you're now now you are leading the whole conversation in your community. That's a beautiful thing to do. Amen. <laughs> so as we look at budgets, budgets, they're, they're a key indicator of what is really important to the leadership of the parish. Yes, we need to keep the lights on. We, we need to have all the materials for the sacraments. We need some materials for uh, religious ed, all those things. But beyond that, the things we spend our dollars and cents on, they're, they're like little tiny votes made in favor of X, right? For example, Every parish that they can say that evangelization is their primary goal, but do they have money budgeted for evangelizing initiatives? Because if they're not putting money, if they're not putting resources into it, 
have they really prioritized it? Right? Have they have they prioritized money for staff that are going to steward this vineyard of the Lord? Are we really are we investing in the people that we need to further this mission? Are we putting together events and people that help spread the gospel message? Are we willing to even take money away from one budget area and move it into another that will be more missionally effective? An example of this would be uh, at a parish we, that I worked at, we had a donor that he gave $5,000 every year, which is super generous. It's awesome. But he gave it for a specific material that he wanted to have available. On the other side of that, as a staff, one of the things we talked about was that we could have printed that's, that same type of material in our own way with evangelizing materials, evangelizing message tailored to our audience. We could have printed that in our in-house for pennies on the dollar. So are we willing to have that conversation with that individual, that crucial conversation with that individual, so that we can compound their investment into conversion of more souls? Right? Because that's a that's not a small chunk of money. It's super generous. Maybe we can use it another way if we're able to do X and if we're willing to have that conversation with that donor. So uh, as we look at budgeting, there's really two things that I want to encourage you to do. We're going to break it down into two areas. One, you got to do the math. And two, you got to ask the right questions. That's it. You got to do the math. You got to ask the questions. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 Jesus says this, he says, first, sit down and count the cost. For which of you, he says, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. And he goes on to say, if if you start building and you get the foundation laid, realize you don't have any more money, people are going to laugh at you. They're going to call you an idiot, right? So this is just doing the math and, and anybody can rework a budget it's just, it's dollars and cents. And all you need to know is how much money you have to work with, how much money you need to complete the things. And in between there, you can shuffle them around. And I would just say, you can ask your finance person in, in your office. If you've never looked at a profit and loss sheet, if you've never looked at a budget, it might look alien. It might look unfamiliar. But they can help you to read that budget if it's something that you don't have a lot of experience in. And then it, it really is. It's just the simple math. We have X amount of dollars. We use them on this. And you can say, well, I don't want to do that. Can we move them over here? So let's try to make this a little more concrete. I mentioned my over, I I would say overinflated speaker budget when I came into the program and I had different intentions of how the program was going to run. Also knowing my own abilities and my skills. And so I I went to our finance director and we'll get into this a little bit as we go into the next section, which is just asking the questions but I said, hey, can I see a copy of the budget? And she handed it to me. And as I was looking at it, I had questions. So I said, well, what's this number right here? Because I, I had a breakout of all the different materials. But then there were other areas where it looked like maybe they had materials there. So she really helped me to walk through and to look at the budget as it existed to help me understand what all the pieces were. Well, then I could look at, here's the numbers. Here's where it's overinflated. I really think we have too much budgeted for speakers for this year. And it was a good thing we did because it ended up being a COVID year, right? And so we weren't able to do these large group events anyways. Well, what should we do with that? How can we reuse that money? What do we need? I, we go back to a couple episodes. We talked about what does our office space, what does our office time need to look like? What does our infrastructure need to look like? And I, in my head, I had that, I, that idea. So I now had my number to work with right? That $20,000 budget. 
So I knew that I could budget a certain amount to meet with individuals. I could budget a certain amount. I could, I could take the number of meetings we were going to be able to have, and I could allot portions for snacks or for, um, you know, if we were going to have coffee or juice or bars, I could allot. I could now have a budget for each individual event. It allowed me to break that bigger number into smaller numbers that suited the needs of the ministry that I was building. You know, it also allowed me to do, it also allowed me to do things like overhaul my office, right? I had, I, I've talked about how I, I've, every office I've ever inherited has had too many desks, it's had too much stuff in it. Well, I was able to buy one desk that fit the office. What I actually did was buy, built the materials to put in uh, floating walls, floating shelves on the walls that I would then use as my desk space, which freed up the whole rest of the, the room. Then I bought a couch, I bought a chair, I bought a little coffee table, and I was able to meet with people. But all of this was possible because I, was, I took the time to talk to the finance director, I took the time to talk to the pastor, make sure I had kind of his blessing to play with the numbers. But I had took the time to get the understanding of the concrete numbers that I was working with so that I knew what, I had, what room I had to operate in to be able to find some solutions to the issues, the stumbling blocks that I saw between me and a more fruitful ministry. Yeah. So then how do you start that conversation? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question because, and, and we'll dive in now. First we did the math. Now we get to ask the questions and you can see how the, these aren't necessarily linear, like one follows the other. It's all going to be part of the same uh, process of building a better budget. But you, you can't be afraid of asking the questions. You can't be afraid of those crucial conversations so you need to ask the questions and you need to tie them to the mission. Because if you're just asking for things to have things that you want, that's a tough sell, right? And that's not Ooh. necessarily the right reason to do it. The right reason to do it is because this directly ties into the mission of the church and how we're going to fulfill that as an office, as a team, as a staff, how I'm going to fulfill that in my ministry as a person. So right off the bat, there's about five questions that, that pop into my head that are good starter questions, that are ongoing questions. And the first one is just to ask father and the finance person, can I see a copy of the budget and can I rework it? What decision-making ability do I have in the context of this budget? That right there is going to potentially open doors that you weren't even aware existed because they might say, oh yeah, I never knew you were interested. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Or you might have complete control of your budget and they say, yeah, I mean, as long as you're not spending more than we have, we're good. You, you just never know where that conversation's going to go. Um, but it could also be like, well, this is what it is for this year. Let's revisit it in January or let's revisit it in June or July or whenever your fiscal year, whenever they start planning for that. But starting that conversation gives you an idea um, and kind of gets you on the ground running as far as where can it go from here. So that would be the first question I would ask. You just got to open it up and it's not going to hurt to ask. And you're the one who has to work in the budget. So chances are you've seen it anyway, whether you really understand it or not is a different one. But again, they can help you to, to understand all those ins and outs. Um, another one is, okay, this would be, say you see a need. Um, just a simple, <laughs> um, my, my, uh, the nun that I, Sister Catherine that I've spoken about before, she taught me about always keeping my papers in a folder, right? <laughs> she also said, well, you can't be afraid of the Ask John. We had a newsletter that we sent out every month. And one year we, we, we had these really dilapidated old Christmas trees that were probably a health hazard to have around. 
she said, we, we really should get some new trees. Let's just put it out in the newsletter, see if anybody, you know, is looking for a way to give this year. And so she, we just typed up like, hey, we need some new Christmas trees. And lo and behold, before we could blink, we had people that were just like, yeah, we'll buy that. So again, don't be afraid of the ask. Now, let's say you need some new couches for the youth room. Um, maybe there are some people or you, you just say, we're looking for some people who want to support our youth, right? Tie it into that mission, right? Um, give some money towards it. Or maybe we need a projector or whatever it is. Just saying like, hey, we really want to provide this awesome experience for our kids to encounter Jesus. And one of, one of the things we really need is like our, our couches are getting real nasty. They're getting real old. It's time for some new ones. If, if you're willing, would you, would you be able to give some money towards it or, or buy a new couch for us? And just put that out there in the newsletter, in the bulletin. You will be amazed at the generosity that is inspired in people when, when you just aren't afraid to ask. Because they're already tied into the mission. They already desire what you want. It's just giving them an opportunity to respond to that desire that's in their hearts. Another version of that question, would you be willing to make a recurring tithe for blank? Right? And this, this sometimes happens on accident, right? You might have donuts you're buying for a, the same group of kids or the same group of people, and every week you show up, you're the one bringing the donuts, and they say, hey, you know, I'd really like to bring some money to help pay for this. They might hand you a 20 or hand you a 100. You know, the other way you can do that is then, well, once you've got some of these pieces in place, you just say, hey, would you rather, would you like to make this a regular recurring tithe? This is, this is something that, that you can then use to build a budget where maybe you don't have the availability, where you know, there's not a lot of flexibility in the schedule. Maybe things are pretty tight at the parish. Okay, well, so-and-so offered to give. Would you be interested in making this a recurring tithe? The same idea for donuts, it could also be, say you need a new website. It could be for your website domain. Say you need a communications platform, flocknode.com, right? You can, you can get people potentially to become a part of tithing for that. And I, I believe that most parishes already have this in place in some form, but people don't always know about it, where you can actually give to specific areas in the context of the parish. So think about this, though. Most people, when they signed up to give the, to the church, they, gave, they signed up out of a sense of, of duty, right, or obligation when the parish sent them that card or they sent them that, that letter when they signed up and said, hey, you're a part of the parish. This is how you can give. And, and they maybe really just felt obligated to that. Well, you will be amazed if how, how these two simple questions, just like, hey, would you be willing to give for this, how those inspire just breathtaking generosity because you're saying it in context of the mission. You're saying, when you give this, this is how you are directly impacting hearts for Jesus Christ. This is how you are helping our youth to connect to Jesus Christ. This is how you are putting souls in front of the gospel message and helping them to hear it, right? People love, right? They like to know what their money's going towards, right? And, and this is something that the non-denominational churches actually have down to a T, right? They've done the research. They know that people, they're more likely to give towards specific initiatives, specific things. Right? They, they want to give to the children's ministry. They want to give to foreign missions. They want, to, they want to provide bagels for the homeless, whatever it is. If you can put a name on it, you could say specifically, this is what your money is going towards. Right? That suddenly becomes, it makes a lot of sense to a person. And you're putting them directly in touch with that mission, that desire they have in their hearts to be a part of the mission of Jesus Christ. And most giving services, whatever your parish uses, 
Most giving services have the ability to make them very specific giving items. But you may need to dig in a little bit. You may need to have those conversations to, to see what's really possible. But most of this, you may be able to Google just the company that your church uses or even just ask your finance person. They might know the ins and outs of that. And it's as simple as clicking a button, filling in some information. All of a sudden, you've got your own giving page for your ministry, for donuts, for coffee, for flock note, for communications, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Disagreeing with you. <laughs> I didn't know if you had some, like, <laughs> some kind of like epiphany over there. Um, so, no. so I, the other thing that I would say, maybe you're a little nervous to do that, right? Ask yourself this question. Here's another great question. Can I, be given tith- can I begin tithing towards this directly for this thing? Right now, I'm not saying give more than you already do, but if you already tithe, Maybe just a part of it, you say, actually, I'm going to give this portion of my tithe for this initiative. And what that does is it models what you want to see in others. So that's another great question. Uh, Another one, right? Say the budget's tight. You need to find space. Do you know someone who does this thing professionally? That could be a good resource, right? Maybe they can tithe their time and experience, specifically in the realm of budgets, right? CPAs, people who do this stuff professionally, work with numbers all the time. Uh, people who are in charge of, uh, what, what, what am I thinking of here? It's the people who ask for money for organizations. What am I thinking of? Fundraisers? Well, it'd be like a fundraiser, but usually they call it foundation giving. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I, I thought about applying to the one of the dioceses that I was a part of to do exactly that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, there are people who do it, but they 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 very specifically their whole professional work is is built around like asking and soliciting donations from people. If you can find someone like that and type like tap into their expertise on behalf of the church and their parish that they actually go to, I think that that would just blow their minds. They'd be like, "You mean I can if I help with this that that helps?" That helps people to know Jesus. Yes, absolutely. Would you would you be willing to come and help us? You know, and that that would be a great time to have an ad hoc meeting for your staff to say, hey, we're bringing this person in. He's going to tell us like how we can fix our budget woes. I just think that that would be that would be an awesome awesome event. That you know, but you know me, I kind of nerd out about these things. But you know, guess what? All these conversations do right. These questions that you're asking, you're talking to the pastor, the finance person. You're, you're inviting people to give generously in specific ways. You're creating new avenues for them to understand how their tithe is actually transforming hearts. Uh, all of this, guess what it does, Ty? It ties, what does it do? It ties them into our favorite verse where God says through the prophet Isaiah, I am about to do a new thing and now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? When you do this, you are starting a whole new series of conversations aimed at taking our entire parish, the way we use everything, and, and, and even down to the very money that we have and stewarding it well, doing something new for the kingdom, stewarding, stewarding it well for the kingdom. And it's just going to light little fires everywhere, little spiritual fires. So here's a bonus tip. If your parish does have a wider issue making ends meet, that's a bigger conversation than what we're trying to do here. 
in this episode. What we're really doing is giving people an avenue in the context of your own ministry. Maybe there is a way forward if that budget is too tight, but the parish as a whole to fix that budget, that's a bigger issue, right? But it still comes down to kind of those same things. It's about doing the math and it's asking the necessary questions that tie that into the mission. So, of course, there are best practices. And one of the things that all parishes need to do is just make it easier for people to give them money. For example, every parish, and you know what? We actually did this as a parish one time. Um, uh, what my Shannon, who worked on the staff with me, we actually went around to all the different, par- all the different non-denominational churches in the area and just to look at their... Um, the way they did things, how their welcoming spaces felt, looked, what it was like to walk into the building, what do you see, what do they have that ties them to people. Every single one of them, and I thought this was genius, they had a box, boxes like everywhere, on every wall, around every corner there was a box, and on the box it was locked, but it said give, and had a slot you could put your money in. The other thing that it had on it was a QR code. So that for, for all of us, like the millennials and younger, like where we just give all our money through our phones, I could literally just scan that QR, QR code and I could give them money in 10 seconds. Right? The same thing. You could do the same thing with a text to give code. And I think every parish should have that. But there are real best practices for building up, um, for building up the way that people can give to you. And, and this is where I would refer you to our last episode, you know, how to have better meetings. Because if this is an issue that you need to fix as a parish on a larger scale, well, you're going to need to have the team on board. You're going to need to have better tactical meetings. And you're probably even going to need to schedule some ad hoc meetings to really plan an effective, efficient course of action. But if this is your parish, um, here's a website that I would throw out. Reviveparishes.com. They've got free online courses, and they're dead. Some of those courses are dedicated specifically to helping you grow your weekend collections. They're offered by the August the Augustine Institute. They're really good. They're free. I've I've watched them, but again, you need to have your whole team on board if you're going to do a whole budget fix like that. And of course, we'd love to help you too. So you can always go to CatholicMinistryProfessionals.com, click on send a message, and and we'll begin building a plan together. I do have to say one thing when it comes to the collections. Mm-hmm. And so my wife and I are the ones that signed up for online giving. Mm-hmm. So when the plate comes around for tithing and the guy walks by me very slowly, it's the same guy. Every single master just <laughs> kind of walks very slowly by me, judging me. And I don't want to say, dude, I give online quick judging me (laughs) i know what he's thinking because he's giving me the side eye that you know i've been a part of this parish now for a year and he has once to see me put our envelope in uh we had one time uh we we give online too so we i have the same thought whenever i pass the collection plate and i'm not putting anything physically into it our pastor invites the children to come up and he holds a basket and they put the dollars in and one day I, I forgot to bring actual cash on me. And my daughter, Mina, just starts going, I want to give money to Jesus, Dad. I want to give money to Jesus. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I just start laughing because I know exactly, exactly how it sounds. Like, Dad's not letting her give money to Jesus. So I just start whispering very loudly, uh, Mina, we, we give money online. 
<laughs> we give money online. That's awesome. We give money online, sweetheart. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is still getting some money today. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> well, I would like to move on to my second favorite segment of the show. The Devil's Advocate. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Too much? Uh, it's a bit dramatic. <laughs> well, John, it is not all about the money. I'm not a finance person anyway. I didn't get into ministry to do business. So I'm going to let somebody else worry about the budget. Are you waiting for the oh, what I, say you? I legit, yeah, I was waiting for that, but I legit thought you froze because you stopped so suddenly. <laughs> oh, what say you, John? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Ty. Um, I agree. It's not about the money. It is, however, about the mission. And everything that the par- that is connected to the parish is tied into that mission. And Jesus has a lot to say about stewardship regarding money for the mission. That quote from above, that verse that we spoke earlier, Luke 14, verse 28, first sit down and count the cost. For which of you desiring a to-, to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. It's, it's, it's so practical. It just makes sense. And we all do this on some level, right? We at least need to purchase the materials that we need for the ministry. And we're trying to work with the numbers of people that we know are going to that we believe are going to sign up. We're trying not to buy too many because if we don't do the same thing next year, we don't want to waste them. It's all a part of stewarding that well. We all work within some sort of budget. So yes, it's not all about the money, but that money is tied into the mission of the church. We look at the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25, right? Jesus makes it pretty clear. Like you've been given this, you need to do something with it, right? You've been given these talents. You need to go bear fruit with that. And what happens to the guy who doesn't do anything with it? He loses them. He loses his talent, right? That's, and those who do something with it, even if they did very little, they're still given more, right? Jesus makes it very clear again. We need to steward these things well. We look at John chapter 15, the vine and the branches. The branches that don't bear fruit, they're pruned. Right? And if there is a way that you can bear fruit, if there is a way that you can use this budget better to bear more fruit for the kingdom, you owe it to Jesus to at least try. And the budget, it is absolutely a part of that. So we need to be good stewards of all, all that the Lord has entrusted to us, including the finances of our parish, because he expects fruit. Yeah, I would imagine the, the same person that has that kind of that line of of thought where it's not my job, I'm not going to do it. They're also on the flip side, complaining and telling everybody else, toxifying the, the environment, the culture of why they can't do their jobs properly, why they can't get what they need. Well, they're not willing to do the work, do the work that would help them to get whatever they're missing um, in their ministry. So if, you want to complain, what I would say is, that's fine. That's a, a good place to visit. We, we can go there to complain and vent and whatever. But then you got to set it down and then go do the job. Mm-hmm. And the job may entail 
you talking to the pastor or the finance person to say, I really need help. Can we ask around to see if there's anything we could do with the budget? Is it a budget thing or is it just that we haven't reviewed the budget? Right? We've done this for 20 years, right? Here's another devil's advocate. We've done this for 20 years. Why would we change anything? Because times have changed. Because the people that we're preaching to have changed. And we're about to do a new thing. And we're about to do a new thing. <laughs> so I, To me, and that, that's exactly the purpose of having better meetings, too. So we can talk about things like the budget in a real way, in a substantial way, that hopefully can propel us to a new level of ministry where we're bringing more and more and more people to Jesus. We can fill our, pe- our pews with people who are in love with the Lord. That's the goal. That has always been the goal. <laughs> Should we do some actionable steps? I think so. All right. Here's a simple one for you. I want everybody to go to catholicministryprofessionals.com slash resources, and you're going to download the action planning sheet. If you haven't done that in a previous episode, do it now. You only need a handful of tools to completely transform the way that you work so that you can transform your parish. And this is one of those tools, the action planning sheet. And you're just going to utilize that same, that same sheet to look at your budget and ask yourself this question. Does our budget actually reflect the most important things? Right? And then you're going to begin to build what your ideal budget would be. So you're going to have to look at your budget. You're going to have to know what it is. What is the actual reality of your budget? But then start thinking about these numbers and, well, what would it ideally be? And then you're just working backwards from that using this sheet to plug in steps to start thinking about, well, we would need, I need to talk to this person. I need to talk to Father about this line item. Right? I need to see if it's possible for me to add this giving tool. Right? And you're, then you just simply begin to schedule those steps. So it's that simple. Just go to catholicministryprofessionals.com slash resources, download the action planning sheet, and, and just get to work building a plan for transformation of your parish. Thank you for listening to the Catholic Ministry Professionals podcast. If you found today's show helpful, please immediately text it to your pastor and a friend in Catholic ministry so that others can find out about the show and begin transforming their parish through their work. You can get in touch with us by going to catholicministryprofessionals.com, click on send a message, and those messages come right to our email and they help us to refine the content to better serve you. And also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, because we do have short little video reflections that John does. So shout out to John. But they're really easily digestible. You'll love it. Do us a favor. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. And with that, we'll see you in the vineyard. Thank you.